South African dairy farmers operate in an extremely challenging environment. But like many other food producers, their resilience outweighs the current struggles. This week, we share a guide on how to start a dairy farm in Mzanzi. During the festive season, South Africans are often warned about a surge in crime. Isabel Kirche, the chairperson of the Red Meat Producers Organization Stock Theft Forum, unpacks this for us, sharing vital tips for new farmers dealing with livestock theft this season. Dr. Nadia De Beer from Afri Pharmacy SA explains how AfriVet's new reproductive aid product, called Borbetta, is changing the game from Zanzi's pig industry. And our Agripreneur 101 features Yvette Abrams, the owner and creator of Koi Life, a small holding producing indigenous soaps, hand sanitizers, body oils and other personal care products in the Western Cape. On top of our book pile is the new farm by Brent Preston. And our Farmer Tip of the Week comes from Seed Program Manager Stephanie Mullins. This is Farmer's Inside Track, supported by Food from Zanzi. Inspiration for your business and life. From South Africa's farmers and agripreneurs. Hey, I'm Zanzi and welcome to episode 105 our Food from Zanzi's podcast called Farmers Inside Track. I am Don Numdu, the editor for audience and engagement at Food from Zanzi. And joining me is my co-host and Food from Zanzi's head of news, Duncan Masiwa. It's absolutely great to be back, Dawn. The festive season is here. And to kick off, we'd like to wish all the farming and agri-communities who observe this day health, happiness, peace and prosperity this Christmas. Now, over to you, Dawn, with that promised guide on how to start a dairy farm in Mzanzi. We catch up with Karishni Naika, an aspiring dairy farmer from Chatsworth in Durban, who is currently completing her master's in dairy calf nutrition. Over to you. Karishni, when we first connected, you were completing your final year farming internship in Tasmania, an island state off Australia's south coast, through the Future Farmers Foundation. And now you're completing your master's in dairy calf nutrition. Tell us about your aspirations to become a dairy farmer one day and your journey in the agri-sector. After completing my honours degree in animal and poultry science at the University of KwaZulu-Natal, I worked on a dairy farm in the Midlands. I started there as an intern and worked my way up to a junior dairy manager. I completed two years there. Thereafter, my journey took me to Tasmania, Australia, where I worked as an intern for a year. I was born and brought up in the city and had no previous experience exposure to farming. My reasons for venturing to agriculture is pure passion for the industry that came from within me. Now, dairy farmers globally operate in an extremely challenging environment. Plus, land, buildings, equipment and cows are expensive. What does dairy farming require if you're just getting started? I would say if you want to start dairy farming, purchase an existing farm. After doing your extensive research on it, because to start an operation from scratch requires an enormous amount of startup costs and it'll take you years to start seeing return on investments. In South Africa, a pasture-based system, together with growing your own maize for maize silage for supplementary winter feeding, is your best start. You need access to water, most importantly. Dairy farming requires a huge amount of water on a daily basis. Make sure you have water rights and good water resources. 87% of milk is constituted of water. There are many other factors to consider, but I would say venture into it, not purely for the financial gains, but because you're passionate about it, because it's going to take a lot of hard work, commitment, and dedication. And then do you have any tips or advice to anyone considering venturing into the sector? I will leave you with this. Enjoy what you do. Invest in yourself. 
Dairy farming is challenging, but at the same time, extremely rewarding, both financially and also on your personal and professional growth. Surround yourself with mentors. This is the best way to start. The knowledge you will gain by their experiences is priceless. This I'm saying from my very own personal experience with the mentors I had. They taught me everything I know about dairy farming today. Knowledge is power. You never stop learning. As a future generation, it is also our duty to protect and preserve the environment. Dairy farming has had a bad reputation for their contribution to global warming. At the same time, we are living in a world where there's issues of food insecurity. So my advice to people venturing into dairy farming today is strive to make a difference. There are various methods, practices and technologies that allow us to farm more sustainable and profitable. Do your part. Thanks, Dawn. And of course, great to having you, Karishni Naika. She's, of course, an aspiring dairy farmer from Chatsworth in Durban, who's currently completing her master's in dairy calf nutrition. Now, of course, you can find this guide on www.foodformzanzi.co.za, featuring a number of experts on all things dairy farming. Next up, during the festive season, South Africans are often warned about a surge in crime. Isabel Kirche, the chairperson of the Red Meat Producers Organization Stock Theft Forum, unpacks this for us, sharing vital tips for new farmers dealing with livestock theft this season. Isabel, what is your take on dealing with crime and safety over the festive season? And, and what do you think should farmers be vigilant of this December? In this festive season, we will see that it's mostly people that don't have an income. They will maybe steal one or two sheep and then sell it. Even if they do it for 500 rand, it's 500 rand that they don't have. But be alert that stock theft is an organized crime. There are people that actually giving the orders. There are people that are runners. There are people that grandmarking the cattle. So it's organized crime. There's always more than one person that are involved in this crime. And the safety of our people, the people that work for us and our families, I think that's of critical importance and we should actually be on the alert in the season's time, also right through in January, because this is a time that they actually, we see in the free state, that the stock theft actually increased. On the sheep, there was a little a decrease, but not on the cattle and on the goats. That was really high increase, especially in the free state and also in the Western Cape. The total amount for the nationals was there's a decrease in stock theft, but that was for the second quarter. And we're already in the last month of the year, we will see in this Christmas time that the stock theft will increase. So be on the lookout. Your family is dear to you and keep them safe. Make sure that you are safe in your house and make sure that you don't allow people on your premises that you don't know and that you will be alerted when they actually step foot on your farm. Now, you've just highlighted a few crucial aspects for farmers, but how can they ensure that they protect themselves, especially new farmers and uh, in remote farming communities? As I've mentioned previously, our family is very important to us and especially also the people that work for us. In the first place, I would recommend that when you're a farmer, make sure that your gates are closed, that people don't just come on your premises. And if they do come on your premises, make sure that you phone the police, report people trespassing on your premises. If your gates are open, they can actually walk in, then it's not trespassing. So make sure that these people don't get on your premises. Phone the police or phone neighbors. Make sure that these guys don't 
just walk on your premises. You don't know them and maybe the people that work for you also don't know them. What we see in certain cases is that these people came on your form, they tell you they want to buy some cattle or they want to buy some goats. Then what they're actually doing is just checking out what goes on on your farm, how many people there are, how many people are in the house, just to come back to steal some of your cattle. So that's the one thing that I would suggest that make sure that guys don't get on your premises. Then the second thing that I would say is make sure that you don't have lots of cash in your house. Because normally these information came from out of your house to the crime guys out there. And what they do is they just came into your house and they don't care about your life or your family's life. And even if it's just a thousand rand, they will kill you for that. So make sure also when you have a deal with buying or selling cattle that you're not alone when these transactions take place and you have to pay with cash because the risk is high that you can lose your life. We've seen that in the past few weeks now that these people don't care about your life. For a little amount of money, they will actually kill you. And in the third place, I would say that normally these guys are checking your farms from a distance. They know your movement. So I would suggest change your normal movement on the farm because I know you're getting up at six o'clock then you go to the cattle you're back by seven o'clock so during this Christmas season time and into January I would suggest that you change it daily that they don't know exactly what your movement on the farm would be that would be a distraction for them as they then normally would know you go out at six o'clock come back at seven go out at four o'clock or whatever you're doing but now you change it every day. So they don't know what your next movement would be. So it is very important that you and your family must be safe and keep them safe in this Christmas time. Thanks so much for those vital tips. Now, of course, before we let you go, Isabel, what's the latest on the legislation when it comes to stock theft in South Africa? Any changes farmers should be aware of in 2022? The Stock Theft Act didn't change. There are new legislation, but that can still be a year or two because before that is implemented. But the farmers must keep in mind that the, the biosecurity rules of APEC was implemented at the end of July. And that is the one thing that farmers has to keep in mind. Remember, there is on the Stock Theft Act 57 of 59, the Section 6 and the Section 8 document, the Section 6 is the transfer of ownership and then there's also the section 8 that is the removal document keep in mind and it is really important because we see that all the time that these two documents are printed on one paper stating section 6 and section 8 and it is incorrect as the information required for the section 6 document and the information required for the section 8 document differs from each other so you can't put these two on one document uh, we we had seen in the news the police that actually visited some people they were actually stopped at roadblocks or alongside the road and the police arrest some of these people it depends on how many cattle they are on the truck or on the bucky 
that they actually remove. These documents must be in place. If there is one thing wrong on this document, it is an illegal document and then you actually have a problem. The police will give you a fine or they will give you a subpoena to get to be in court for the next court date. Keep in mind that you can not sell cattle that are not brand marked. If you are a commercial farmer, you cannot sell at an auction if the cattle are not brand marked and you have to provide your ID and also have to provide your proof of registration for your brand mark that you've got. You have to prove that that brand mark belongs to you before you can sell at an auction these cattle. If you do not comply with that law, the auctioneers will probably not accept your cattle or if the police are there, you are getting a fine or you could be in court. If it's more than 10 cattle, you would most likely go to court for that law. The Animal Identification Act is since 2002. So you have to be registered and have your own brand mark for cattle. Make sure when you actually travel on the road that you do have all the required documents. If you on the road or if you want to sell, and please keep in mind, if you do sell cattle on your farm to someone even that you just know, you have to give him a Section 8. Thanks so much for joining us, Isabel Kircher. She is, of course, the chairperson of the Red Meat Producers Organization Stock Theft Forum. We now change gears from stock theft and safety this festive season to swine reproductive health. AfriVet, in collaboration with Veto Kinal, has launched a new reproductive aid product called Borbetter that's set to change the game for Mzanzi's pig industry. Dr. Nadia Debeer from Afri Pharmacy SA unpacks this for new farmers. Dr. Debeer, how will this new reproductive aid product, Borbetter, change the game for Mzanzi's pig industry? This is a very interesting and important question that each and every pig farmer in South Africa should ask. Bull stimulation for young gilt replacements, as well as for recently weaned sows, is an extremely important component of pig reproduction. Often, some farms lack bull power, whether it will be in the form of two young bulls or two old bulls. It is in these cases that bull bedders supply the pheromone component indicated for efficient bull stimulation. Why is bull stimulation so important in your piggery, you ask? While bulls produce an odor, which plays an important part in stimulating gilts and sows, inducing standing reflux in female pigs, and detecting heat. Wow, I really had no idea that pigs reproduce by following their noses. And as I understand it, this means that a boar's odor should never be underestimated in a breeding herd. What should farmers understand when considering this product and breeding to increase their overall production? Your statement is very true. Pigs have more olfactory or what we call sense of smell receptors than most other mammals, including humans. They can even smell odors that humans cannot smell. Pigs are such interesting species. They sniff whenever there's a new smell or odor. And this sense of smell, in my opinion, is underestimated on most pig farms. Let's quickly talk about the boar pheromone. This sexual pheromone is found in boar saliva and fat, and it is synthesized in the boar's testes and transported via the bloodstream to the salivary glands. Farmers should understand the anatomy and physiology of sows and boars. 
What does this mean? Well, you should know how the cell reproductive system works and what role boar pheromones play. Questions you should ask is when to introduce the boar. How long should the boar be in contact with the cell? How long does boar odor or the pheromone last? And what effect does it have on gilts and cells? Lastly, by reading and understanding the instructions of boar better, producers can enhance their reproductive efficiencies. And then finally, doctor, any additional tips for new farmers to improve their farm's biosecurity and reduce risk in the spreading of diseases like African swine fever? We can spend hours talking about African swine fever and biosecurity. What big farmers in South Africa need to understand is the following. African swine fever is a deadly virus that spreads rapidly in domestic pig herds. There is no vaccine and absolutely no treatment. When your pigs get African swine fever, they will die. African swine fever has devastating economical and emotional consequences for pig farmers, big or small. The only way to keep African swine fever out of your herd is through good practice of biosecurity. Let's mention a few points. Pigs should be fenced off to prevent contact with outside domestic or wild pigs. Limit human, vehicle and animal access to your unit. Buy from reliable sources. When buying pigs from auctions or your neighbor or other sources, you need to know the health status of the animals. Don't share balls. And this is where ball better comes in. Don't share equipment. Changing of clothes dedicated for the piggery is extremely important. Disinfecting with a registered product. Emphasizing a registered product should be used. For your vehicle, dips, foot dips, and general disinfecting of the pens. Reporting sick and dead animals to your state veterinarian is very important. And most of all, keep your piggery and your pigs safe. Great insights. Thanks so much for joining us, Dr. Nadia De Beer from Afri Pharmacy SA. Next up, our Agripreneur 101 features Yvette Abrahams, the owner and creator of Koi Life, a small holding producing indigenous soaps, hand sanitizers, body oils, and other personal care products in the Western Cape. Yvette, after completing your doctorate in indigenous knowledge systems at the University of Cape Town, you decided to put all you learned into practice by starting your own business, Koi Life. Tell us about your business and personal care products. What actually happened was that I had been diagnosed with psoriasis at the age of 21, which is an incurable skin disease. So I started making the products in order to cure. I said, well, if Western medicine can't do anything for me, let me, let me see what I can do. So I started making these traditional products and I'm now 20 years symptom free. So then I said, well, I should make this available to other people who suffer. And so that's what motivates me with my business. It's, it's so wonderful to make a difference to people's lives. What are some of the challenges you face in starting your business? And what are some of the more rewarding aspects? You know, anybody running their own business, I never really have enough time or enough money. I'm always wanting to do more. And and of course, for anybody that's, you know, self-employed, you have to motivate yourself every day. Sometimes it's tough when you're sick because I'm my own boss and I have the worst boss ever. You know, I, I hate having to give myself time off. But that said, I think the fulfillment is always much, much bigger than the challenge. What keeps you inspired and motivated? By the time people come to me, they've, they've tried everything. Or, or like my experience, they've been told by a specialist that nothing can be done. And so 
So to change, to turn that around, to give them hope and to see them getting better. My best experience is when a customer comes to the stall and shows me and says, look, it's better. And I go, see, that's why I do what I do. What are your five tips for aspiring agripreneurs who may want to follow in your footsteps? It's important to study and to keep learning and to hear what the experts say. But once all that is said and done, follow your own inner light, follow your guidance, because ultimately you and a piece of land, it's a very intimate, a very personal relationship. And so don't let other people start telling you how to run your farm. Tip number two, no debt. Stay away from debt like the plague. Debt is no good. You know, there's always going to be hard times in a business. And if you've got no debt, you'll just about manage to make it through the hard time. But if you've still got payments to make, that's terrible. I avoid large machinery and rent and stuff like that. Keep your expenses low and have no debt. Tip number three, cash flow is king. There ain't no flow but the cash flow. Doesn't matter how much money people owe you, what matters is the amount of money that's in your hands. So keep track of the cash flow. My fourth tip, let the land tell you what to do. I have long time stopped believing that I'm in charge of this farm. I listen to the land and the plants carefully and I let them guide me. My final one, keep your passion. Farming is a little bit like being a teacher or a priest. You've got to have a calling. And if you don't have a calling, then you're never going to make a success of it. Thanks, Duncan. And Yvette Abrams, the owner and creator of Koi Life, a small holding producing indigenous soaps, hand sanitizers, body oils, and other personal care products in the Western Cape. Now for our book of the week, as chosen by farmers, The New Farm by Brent Preston. This inspiring and oftentimes hilarious book tells a story about how a family quit the rat race and left the city to live out their ideals on an organic farm. Terry Ann Browers, Food for Mzanzi Citizen Journalist of the Year, reviews this book for us. Hi Dawn and Duncan. This inspiring and oftentimes hilarious book tells the story of how a family quit the rat race and left the city to live out their ideals on an organic farm. Author Brent Preston, his wife and their two children left Toronto 10 years ago with no money, no machinery and not much of a clue. All they had was an empty plot. Through a decade of grinding toil, they built an organic farm that is sustainable, profitable and their family's sole source of income. This book is an inspiring read for anyone who has been wrestling with the idea of leaving their full-time job to pursue a career in agriculture. It is also a reassuring reminder to those that have already taken the leap to pursue a career in agriculture that in time, the sacrifice will pay off. Agriculture is not just about farming. It's about caring and that's an ideal worth preserving. It's super fresh, it's super soft and it makes any meal a treat. It's Super Sure Bread and Super Sure Flour, a proud member of the VKB Group. From breakfast to lunch and even birthday cakes, Super Sure makes the whole family smile. Find Super Sure on Facebook or visit vkb.co.za for more info. VKB, for the love of the land. Thanks, Daria, and that definitely sounds like a must-read. Now, remember, if you'd like to review a book or perhaps you have a book suggestion of your own, feel free to email us at info at foodformzanzi.co.za. Now, before we let you go, permaculture can mean a lot of things. But at its core, it's all about connecting with your environment and community. Seed Program Manager Stephanie Mullins has a few vital tips for our readers. 
the sun being one of our main sources of energy. Another way we can think about it is perhaps cooking with the sun. So how do I use the sun to prepare meals? How do I use the sun when planning, building my house? How do I use the wind, the rain and other elements for designing my space or a community project? So using renewable resources could also refer to the human energy or the human renewable resource. How do I manage and use human elements within my design as well? If you think about your garden, you think about the weeds, you're plucking the weeds, what do you do with them? You put them in your compost, you make a weed tea for liquid fertilizer. So producing no waste doesn't just extend to the plastic that you need to wash and now recycle. It also relates to the living things that you produce as well. And our Farmer Tip of the Week from Seed Program Manager Stephanie Mullins brings us to the end of this week's Farmers Inside Track, proudly brought to you by Food Form Zanzi. Now for more daily inspirational stories about the farmers and agriculturalists to really go above and beyond to feed South Africa, visit foodformzanzi.co.za or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube and Twitter. And don't forget to catch our weekly sessions on all things farming on Twitter spaces called Gather to Grow. That's correct, Dawn. And remember, if you love this podcast, please rate it and share it with your friends, family members and fellow farmers. The Farmer's Inside Track is available for free on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. And of course, also on foodformzanzi.co.za. But from me, Duncan Masiwa, Dawn Numdu, Nicole Ludov, Terry Ann Browers and our producer, Megan van der Fendt, and the rest of Team Food from Zanzi, have a great week. Corteva is in it for farmers, for good. As a company solely focused on agriculture, we understand the impact of climatic and soil diversity, the unique requirements of each region, each farmer, each crop, and the need for sustainability. To this, we apply our global mind with 5,000 researchers in more than 130 countries, ensuring farmers of advanced seed technology and guarding growing investments through innovative crop protection. Local investment includes research facilities on par with the best in the world and the largest private insectary in Africa. Advanced genetic breeding is combined with intense trials, testing and refinement in different bioclimatic zones to bring forth the best in-class products. Beyond in-seed value, our on-seed applied technology on farm crop protection, digital and agronomic solutions are all designed to optimize farmers' productivity, profitability and sustainability. Because by being wholly devoted to agriculture, we have a deeper understanding of farming, the needs of our farmers, and the country's need for farmers. This is what drives our researchers to find new avenues for sustainable growth. It is the reason for having state-of-the-art seed production technology on home ground. Our motivation for creating effective, locally proven solutions to protect land and crops with care for the future. This is the world of Corteva in South Africa. Growing progress, enriching lives.
now and for generations to come. Corteva. Keep growing.